Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, February the 29th, which means it's a leap year and I hope lots of you men out there are being proposed to by women, which is a custom in some Western countries. In 2004, the Lancet published a study showing that comprehensive assessment of older people in primary care had no effect on improving quality of life or reducing mortality among elderly people in the United Kingdom. In this week's issue of The Lancet, dated March the 1st to the 7th, we publish a large systematic review and meta-analysis which suggests that, after all, community-based interventions to prevent disability and referral to nursing homes and hospitals in the United Kingdom are actually beneficial. More of that in a moment. Here are some other brief highlights from the issue. The long editorial takes a close look at George W. Bush's government's efforts in funding overseas programmes, notably the funding of relief in the HIV-AIDS area under the PEPFAR initiative, PMI, the President's Malaria Initiative, and the Neglected Diseases Initiative. The editorial comments that while George W. Bush's administration may be best remembered for global conflicts, including Iraq and Afghanistan, we should also consider admittedly in years to come, the benefits of his US government's healthcare programs overseas, especially in Africa. In research this week, some interesting clinical topics. A study suggests that guidelines concerning the diagnosis of diabetes may have to be reassessed based on results of three studies involving diabetic retinopathy. We also published a study showing how double lung transplantation among young people with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease yields better results than single lung transplantation. A study from Uganda highlights how the provision of home-based antiretroviral therapy has the great potential to reduce HIV incidence and mortality in developing countries. And also look out for our comprehensive seminar. This week it's on menopause. But back to the main feature this week preventative social care of the elderly in the United Kingdom. Over the past two decades, a number of health policies have been created to provide a range of interventions to help older people live independently at home. But are such community interventions effective? Earlier, I spoke to Andrew Beswick from the University of Bristol, UK, one of the authors of a systematic review and meta-analysis in this week's issue. Before we go into the details of the study, can you just give us a bit of context here. What's the sort of demographic and political landscape, if you like, in terms of care for elderly people in the community? The demographic profile is for a continued increase in numbers of the oldest old. For example, in 1952, only 250 people received a telegram from the Queen in celebration of their 100th birthday. Uh, By 2006, the number was close to 9,000. And clearly there will be increased need for high-quality care for elderly people for a long time to come. With regard to the political environment for elderly people in need of health and social care, public sector provision has been run down dramatically over the last 20 years without adequate substitution of provision by the private sector. And this trend shows no likelihood of changing and has been implemented without adequate safeguards in terms of quality of care. What were the aims of the current study based on existing knowledge about community health interventions for older people? There's some confusion about the effects of um, complex community interventions available to older people, particularly following publication of the very large Medical Research Council study conducted in Britain that reported little or no benefits. We were concerned to examine all the relevant trials of community interventions to see whether they showed any benefit. We were also interested in whether some forms of intervention, those with more multidisciplinary staff or those that were more intensive, 
were better than other interventions. And what kind of interventions are we talking about here? And also, can you explain what is meant by complex interventions? Because one thing I find difficult when I'm reading the paper is is to get a proper sense of what complex interventions means for elderly people in the community. A complex intervention can be considered to be a community-based preventive strategy with identification and treatment of diverse risk factors. In relation to care of elderly people, we included preventive visits and geriatric assessment. Also, community-based care after hospital discharge, fall prevention, and group education and counselling. Common to all these, people received personalised assessment of their physical and cognitive health, home safety and social problems. And on the basis of this assessment, they were provided with, referred for, or they were advised about appropriate medical and social care. And what about the methodology of the current study? Can you just briefly go over that? We identified all published randomised controlled trials that compared complex interventions in older people with usual care. We searched computerised databases, reference lists, and looked for citations of key reviews and trials. We chose to look for randomised trials because they give the most reliable evidence on the effectiveness of a new treatment. We did include a small number of older trials that had other methods of allocation, but which had no evidence of bias in allocation to groups. The mean age of participants in each trial was at least 65 years, and participants had been followed up for at least six months. We extracted information from the reports and combined the data using meta-analysis. The outcomes we looked at were living at home, nursing home admission, death, falls, hospital admissions, and physical function at follow-up. And as for the results? Well, in our literature search, we found over 5,500 potentially relevant articles. And from these, we identified 89 trials of complex interventions in older people. And these had a total of over 97,000 people randomised. Overall, the interventions helped older people to continue living at home. The effect was fairly small, but potentially important. The benefit for living at home was mainly explained by a reduction in nursing home admissions of about 13%, rather than mortality, which was not affected. Hospital admissions were reduced by about 6% and falls by about 10%. And people who received the intervention had better physical function at follow-up. We found that although there were differences in the way care was given and who provided the assessment and care, overall all formats gave benefits. As an example, no additional benefit was observed in trials where the intervention included assessment by several healthcare disciplines or was of longer duration or had more home visits. However, it should be remembered that all the interventions we evaluated provided individuals with a wide-ranging assessment of physical and cognitive health, safety and social problems, and some degree of targeted intervention when appropriate. Although the results were modest, as you say, the fact that there were some benefits, if you like, is a good new finding, given that the larger study that had gone on before suggested there was no benefit of the interventions as a whole. The large study I referred to earlier, the Medical Research Council trial published in 2004, was a very large trial with a cluster design, and the authors used quite a conservative statistical analysis. However, in fact, the results they found for nursing home admissions had a magnitude quite similar to what we find in, in our analysis. And interesting to note that studies that were 
done before 1993 seem to have more significance than more recent studies. Can you comment on that? Meta-analysis did suggest that benefit in trials was particularly evident in earlier studies. Well, we think that as the 1980s and 90s were quite a dynamic period in the field of care of older people, and while yearly visits may not have taken off in the UK, overall care probably improved particularly following high-profile reports on poor standards of care in nursing homes and the incorporation of aspects of effective care into normal practice. Uh, It is noteworthy that in our review, complex interventions were associated with reduced falls and hospital admissions in later trials. In terms of your general conclusions from the study, how would you summarise? Our systematic review and our meta-analyses show that complex interventions can help elderly people to continue living at home largely through prevention of the need for nursing home care. These interventions can also reduce the rate of falls and hospital admissions. We believe that where these services exist, they should not be withdrawn, and it may be appropriate to develop services in situations where they aren't currently implemented. Because the evidence didn't suggest that one format of care was better than another, the possibility might exist to tailor different formats of care to the needs and the preferences of an individual. Some people may only need advice and support, others may require specific referrals, and some people may require active rehabilitation over an extended period. We feel that this might lead to improvements in uptake and adherence with the care, while not compromising any potential benefit. Andy Bezik on the line from Bristol. Many thanks for talking to The Lancet. Okay, thank you, Richard. And do look out for the accompanying comment to this article by David Stott and colleagues from the University of Glasgow, UK. Well, that concludes this week's podcast for the issue of The Lancet dated March the 1st to the 7th. Thanks for listening. See you next week.